Um, I am going to kind of introduce myself because I know that most of you have no clue who I am. Um, Rachel knows. Um, my name is Megan. I work here at 12 Stone. I play the, the small but fun role of an admin assistant for a team with a really crazy name. Um, I'm 26 years old. I live here. Um, I'm pretty boring, but I don't know. Okay, I, apparently I'm not. But once upon a time, I was a super awkward middle schooler. So I have some super embarrassing pictures for you. Um, this is me when I was in the, I think I was in the sixth grade. So as you can tell, I was so cool and I know you're all jealous, right? No, not at all. Um, if you want to go to my next picture, I was kind of a, I was kind of awesome. No? Okay. Um, in the time when I was in sixth grade, how many of you can agree that middle school is so confusing? Yeah, everyone, everyone in this room. So middle school is full of great moments, moments where let's say you show up to school in a fly new outfit and everyone loves it and everyone compliments you or say that boy that you've been pining for finally asks you out to the school dance. Do you guys ever have moments like these? Anybody? No? None? <laughs> So I want you guys to think about moments in your life where you've wanted something or you've been interested in someone or somebody affirmed your outfit. Everything in those specific moments has to do with one thing, and that's acceptance. Raise your hand if you think that you long for acceptance. I do. I might be the only one. Acceptance is where someone approves of you. Um, so I want you guys to think about moments where you felt accepted and, and what that did for you. Did that bring joy to you? Did that bring um, happiness in your heart? Um, the same is true for the opposite. Say you show up to school in that new outfit and somebody else is wearing the same outfit and they diss you. Or say that boy asks your best friend out. What do you feel there? Rejected? Do you ever feel rejected in that? Um, I want to talk about today... Um, so the messages that we hear every single day of our lives, whether they're from our peers or whether they're from social media or magazines in the checkout counter, messages are constantly being flooded into our minds. So whether they're positive or negative, um, I want to talk about tonight. So your bottom line is when we know, oh, what is it? <laughs> it's when we know true things, false things have less power. Um, so we're going to look at a story tonight that um, talks about the truth to a people that need to hear truth when they're in a bad situation. So some of the messages that we hear every day are we're not skinny enough, we're not pretty enough, we're not smart enough. Um, I know for me, I grew up in a family where I was not the athletic one. That should surprise, you, surprise all of you because I'm super athletic now. Um, that's a lie. Um, <laughs> To make like the matters worse of the messages that we hear, we accept them, we become them. Instead of just hearing them and passing them off, we take them to heart and they become something that we believe. Um, so something I want to talk about, um, even though the messages are constantly in our hearts and constantly in our faces, we want to talk about um, not being a victim of these messages. So the scripture we're going to look at tonight, if you guys have your Bibles, and want to turn to that, it's page 723, so it's Isaiah 43, and what we're going to read is um, a book from the Old Testament, it's actually my favorite book of the Bible, so I'm glad that we're kind of reading that tonight, but 
in this, um, there's a lot that we don't know about this book, but a lot of people agree on the main themes of it. Um, it was written when the people of Jerusalem, the Israelites, were in captivity. So what that means is they are not at home. They are taken from their homes or they're taken from their families or both sometimes put into Babylon where they're not in the comforts of the city that they know. They don't have their cell phones. They don't have their beds. They don't have any of their common luxuries. So they're scared. They're worried. Um, and something in that, um, something in being taken away from their homeland caused doubt to arise in their hearts, caused fear to arise in their hearts. And in the scripture that we're going to read today, it's verse 1, actually, so it's pretty easy. But it says, but now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. Um, I love that because in this, you've got people who are in a foreign country that they have no idea about. There's a chance that they don't know the language. They are at the mercy of their captors. So imagine with me for a second, you are taken from your home. You are, let's see, how many of you have been out of the country? No matter if you know, like, where you're going, being out of the country is scary. I went to El Salvador, and I know enough Spanish to survive here. There, I was confused all the time. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know my way around very easy. Um, so imagine that you are in a foreign place. You're away from your parents. You're away from your home. What emotions do you think you would feel? Do you think you would be sad a lot, scared, doubtful? So in this, um, that specific scripture, the Lord is reminding the Israelites of three things. Well, I'm going to point to four in just a second. But you'll see in your bulletin notes, the first one is he is Lord. So that first blank is Lord, meaning he's in charge. Um, if I can encourage you in anything tonight, like no matter what you're wrestling with, no matter what your um, metaphorical Babylon is, the Lord is in charge and he just like he orchestrated everything for the Israelites and it worked out for their good, he does that for you as well. Um, yeah, God is in charge. So I think the thing that he's confirming to them there is that their captors weren't in charge. Though it seemed like they were, that God knew what he was doing, so to trust in God. The second one is he created them. I believe your blank is created. So God is the one that formed them. And it says that. It says... Um, he who created you, Jacob, do not fear. Um, so God created them. Nothing about who they were or what they were becoming or what they were going through was a surprise to the Lord. And the same runs for you and I today. There's nothing in your heart. There's nothing in your character that is a surprise to the Lord. Everything that you go through, everything that, every thought process you have, the Lord absolutely knows it. Um, if you guys are familiar with Psalm 139, um, he talks about how he knit your inward parts, and that sounds really weird, and I'm sure if I were a doctor, I would kind of get what that means, um, but that's the deepest recess of you, like stuff that we don't even see ourselves or stuff that we're not obvious for. He created it, and he knows it well. Um, so God knew their anxieties. He knew their dreams. He knew what motivated them, and he knew what kept them up at night, and um, that's the same for you. That's the same for you and I as it is for the Israelites. So the next blank is do not fear. Um, for people that had been forced to, to leave their homes who had no guarantee of what tomorrow looked like, um, this was a powerful thing to hear. Because I know in situations like 
How many of you have ever been in a car accident? How scary are those? No matter if it's big or small, those moments are terrifying. You don't know what to do. Your mind kind of runs a million miles a minute. So hearing that right where they were meant so much that the Lord was like, hey, I've got you. Don't fear. That's big. It's hard to apply, but it's big for them, and it works. Um, He knows everything in that. So by telling them not to fear, it wasn't just something God was just throwing out there like, hey, bro, don't fear. I got you. He was genuinely saying, hey, it might, this might be entirely insane and you might be freaking out, but I know exactly what I'm going to do. Um, something that I wrote down, um, it might sound like a strange word to hear in the middle of you being in captive, but God took every part of the Israelite story, the pain and the hurt, the uncertainty, um, and was saying that those things don't get the final say in their story, and that goes for you and I as well. Though we walk through crazy days where some days we feel so great about ourselves and other days where we feel like the scum underneath someone's shoe, the Lord knows every single bit of your story, and he knows how to take that pain and to take that hurt and make it something good. Um, I love that. So that, that makes my heart happy because I know that I've gone through like crazy situations. We're in the middle of it. If someone would have told me to not fear or to not worry, I don't think I would have listened to them. Um, But I definitely have in my life seen God take um, his bigger picture and calm my heart with it, even in just the middle of do not fear. And replacing the the natural uh, tendency in my heart to fear with the truth of do not fear. Um, And then the last thing that God says in this scripture. So if you look at it, again, it says... um, Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name, and you are mine. So the last blank on that section of your bulletin notes is you are mine. Um, What God did in these few short verses, it kind of blows my mind, but he sends a message to his people that doesn't change even though circumstances do. So today you might be having a great day, and you might be, excited and high and happy about everything that's going on, but tomorrow might be bad. Are you still going to hold to the truth that you are his, that he loves you, that he created you, and that he knows you? So what I want to talk about tonight, so the bottom line that I said earlier, when you know true things, false things have less power. So I want us at the end of the night to be able to walk out of here knowing the truth of the word of the Lord and having it in our hearts that way when we face situations or messages that tell us the exact opposite, that we can hold on to that and walk forward knowing that we are his, that God redeemed us, that he made us. Oh my goodness. Um, I want, I am one of those people, you can ask my roommates, I always have something written on my mirror. Um, 99% of the time it gets wiped off, um, but that's my way of knowing the truth. Find whatever works for you. Um, I'm a write it everywhere and read it everywhere until I believe it kind of girl. Um, So my advice to you, whether it's journaling or whatever it is, figure out how to get the truth plastered in your life, whether it's on your notebooks or on your phone lock screen. Um, These are messages that I wholeheartedly believe that God wants to take root in our lives, words that he wants us to hold on to so that when we're bombarded with all of the negative messages that we hold on to the truth and ignore what the culture says. Um, the funny thing about these, the few verses that we read today, the Lord affirmed them and, I don't know, kind of encouraged them a bit, but you know what didn't change? 
their circumstances. You know where they still were? In captivity. Um, so that's what I wholeheartedly believe that the Lord wants for us as well. When we're in captivity, for us to have the truth in our hearts so that when our circumstances don't change, our heart does. Um, if you guys, I think there are a couple things on the bottom of your notes that we're going to go over in a second. But um, the premise of the story, so God doesn't t- immediately take them out and solve everything. Um, I don't believe that we would learn what we need to learn if the Lord was like, okay, let me take you out of this problem and put you somewhere else. Um, but I think the, the good thing that the Lord does, as much as it stinks here on earth, he takes us to places where he has to, where we're learning. So um, the thing that I think I love about these the most is that God gets to the root of the issue. He gets to the thinking and tells them the truth because he knows that the, with the right messages in their minds and with the right framework of thinking, it doesn't matter what our circumstances are. If we are, like, if we wholeheartedly know the truth, it doesn't matter if we feel really confident or if we feel the exact opposite of that. We know that we are created by our Heavenly Father and that we are loved and that we are cherished. Um, so you got the bottom line earlier. So something that we're always going to have negative messages preached into our lives, whether it's from your peers in school or even from your family or from social media, that girl that has more followers than you, that girl whose picture got more likes than yours, even though yours was clearly a better picture. Um, There are always going to be those negative messages in our lives, and we're never going to be able to outrun them. So what could we do as strong women of the Lord to get past that and to move beyond constantly being drugged down by that stuff? No, the truth. And so in all of this, the Lord doesn't change where they're at. He doesn't change that they're in captivity, but he confirms that he is God, that he made us, that he redeems us, that he knows our name, and that we are his. I know that that probably doesn't seem like the biggest, craziest thing to you now, but it's um, encouraging knowing that when you're in the middle of a crazy battle, that there's this big, mighty God up in heaven that is looking out for your best interest, and he's speaking to the little things in your heart that you need, the little words of affirmation, whether that's through friends or through scripture itself, but know the truth and get to a place where it's constantly in your heart. Um, Something that's funny about the messages that we always hear, instead of just constantly reading them and bypassing them, um, they become who we are. They make you feel things. Um, So something that we're going to talk about, it says, because Feeling, or because it involves emotions, all of the messages we hear make us feel things. And if you aren't careful, these feelings turn into beliefs. And beliefs are hard to change. Um, I grew up in a family with three siblings. So I had two older sisters and one younger brother. Um, I kind of always stood in the shadow of my older sisters. And they were artsy and athletic and beautiful and everyone loved them. And so because I wasn't like them, I fell into the lie of believing that I wasn't cool or that I wasn't beautiful or that no one loved me. Um, but I, I fell into the trap of believing all of the, the lies. So if you can, whatever it takes for you to break those feelings, so know that the messages aren't true um, and make sure that we believe the right things. So I'm going to say it again. When we know true things, false things have less power. Um, the biggest way, so I am quick if, say, my roommates and I are discouraged about something, I'm quick to just jump to the word and encourage, I guess, all of us with 
scripture that I've read either once or twice or randomly if I'm like, all right, what does Google, what does the Bible say about this? Um, and find encouraging scripture on it. So something that um, I would love for you guys to get into, I know that you're in the middle school, but I know that you're also capable of it, but getting to a place to where you study scripture, to where you've got it on your heart and you've got it on your mind so that in the moment you can recall quickly, like Psalm 139, the Lord knitted your inward parts. He knows every single part of your being. Um, so get to a place where you can um, have the truth in your heart because when we can trust what our feelings are telling us and if our feelings are based off of the lies or based off of the truth, um, we can trust what God is telling us. So our circumstances don't have to change. Those don't determine who we are. Um, the income level of your family doesn't determine who you are or what you're going to be. That's a lie that I believed growing up big time. Um, so I want to encourage you in that. So in this scripture, Isaiah 43, after hearing um, after hearing from God, they believed the best. Yes, they were still in prison. Yes, they were still away from home. And no, they had no idea what tomorrow would bring. And they were still at the mercy of their captors. But you know what they had? They held on to hope. Because the Lord said, I have redeemed you, I made you, I know your name. And that was enough to get them going on. And how they held on to that hope was constantly recalling it. So whether you wake up every morning and read the same scripture over and over again, where the Lord says that you're beautiful and that you are loved until you believe it, do it. That's exactly what the Israelites did. They held on to literally three words, three little phrases that the Lord said to them, um, I don't know. If the Israelites had to do it a thousand years ago, I think we have to do it even more now. Um, so learn what God says about you so that when you're faced with all of these different messages, you can discern what's true. Um, when we do this, we'll find that our knowing is greater than our feelings. Um, so on the bottom of your notes, I, wrote, I put three things that are in my notes for you to keep um, to kind of remember all the time. But it says when we don't feel pretty enough, know that God says, I made you. And that's massive because, I don't know, if we are made in God's image and God is holy and he's almighty, we carry some of that, don't we? Can anybody agree with that? Do we carry any bit of the Lord in our hearts? Yeah? <laughs> when you feel like no one notices us, we can know that God knows your name. That's massive. So I, in middle school, felt like no one knew me. I felt like I had no friends. And so I would cling to, all right. I have no friends, Lord, but you can be my friend. Jesus can be my homeboy. That's okay, right? No? Okay. <laughs> um, when it feels like our hearts are broken, God says, I will redeem you. And that's a big funny word for saying, um, going back to the uh, four earlier or the three earlier, I will redeem you means I've got this. You don't have to worry about, is your heart broken? Sure, absolutely. Can I fix it? 100%. Give it to him, and he'll take care of it. Um, but um, as we, I think we're going to head to small groups in just a little bit, but I want you guys to start thinking about all of the messages that you hear, whether they're from your friends, whether they're from your family, whether they're from media, or just culture in general. Think about the messages that you hear the most. What are they telling you about yourself? Are they saying good things? Or are they saying bad things? Are they affirming your worth in Christ, or are they proving that you're not worth it? Um, I want you all to think about those, and I want you to think about um, how they compare to what God says about you. 
are they true or are they false? Um, something that I love is you don't have to keep asking the question, am I enough? Um, you, you don't have to keep trying so hard because the God in heaven that made you says you're enough just as you are. I don't know about you, but I love that because there are days when I feel like I fall so short. Um, so I love that this crazy big God in heaven says you are perfect just the way that you are and I have no, like there's no flaw on you. So know that you are enough and culture does not matter. Um, so when you start believing that, you'll start living like you believe it and your outcome will change and your outcome will be positive. Um, so find as you go into small groups, the lies that you hear, the lies that you believe, what do they say in comparison to God, and um, how can you make it to where they have less influence? Um, so I'm super glad I got to talk to you guys tonight. I'm going to pray you guys out, and then, so we are apparently going to do panel, because we've got five minutes. So do you guys have questions about anything? Her name is Erin, but yes, it's Steven's fiance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So her question is, how do you learn to discern if what your friends are saying is what is the same as what God is saying? Who wants to take that? The first thing that came to mind um, in asking that question is um, God's word and his truth. Like he has given us his truth in the Bible. And so if we don't have that and we don't have that stored in our hearts, then we're not going to have any of that to go with um, when our friends are saying things about us or um, whether they're they're good things or bad things, if, if this is not what God says about you, then it's not truth. Um, and it's, as Megan was saying, it's really hard to hear that when um, TV is telling you things, songs are telling you things, um, magazines, and, and just everything is is um, just clouding your world with things that aren't true. And, you know, your friends may even mean well in some things that they say, but if, if, it's, not, um, if it's not what God says, then it's really not truth. And I would add to that, kind of consider, are the things your friend's telling you, are they making you feel good or are they making you feel worse? Because you know if it's making you feel worse, then it's not from God. Anybody else have questions? What's up? So her question is, do, I'll give it to you, do we have any advice for or suggestions of what to do when people shun you guys? Um, and I'm going to hand this one over. Okay, so sorry, I'm losing my voice. But also you can just pray in class. I, I do it all the time, all day, at work, in traffic, anytime I need that, I do it. Also, if they are shunning you, then you shun them back. That's okay. Because maybe God has made it so that, that you can see very clearly that those people don't need to be in your life because your friends don't treat you that way. If people are being loving and supportive, then they encourage you and they love on you. When they start talking about you and shunning you and doing everything they can to make you feel bad about yourself, it's okay to walk away from that. And it's okay to pray anytime. I would say with that, in, in praying um, in the middle of class, 
I don't know if you guys know, you don't have to pray out loud. You can, you can talk to God in your heart, and you can speak to him in the middle of the hallway when you're walking down the hall and someone calls you a name or somebody looks the other way and you get that feeling of rejection and that hurt and that pain. You pray to God right there. Like, you don't have to wait. You don't have to go get on your knees. You don't have to go in your room. You can do all of those things. But right there, you can just take that to him right away. And that is the freedom that God gives us in exchange for the pain and the hurt is that we just release it to him right away. And he heals and restores in the midst of that. I see your hand. Which one? Um, I know... I'll answer this from my experience and hand it off, but I know for me, if in seasons where I'm being not treated fairly or whatnot, my prayer is always, Lord, help me to see their point of view. Help me to understand where they're coming from, um, provide insight or provide clarity. And I know sometimes it's kind of like, Lord, smite them, like knock them down. They're being mean. But I think if truly we were to capture the heart of our Savior, he would want us to figure out what it is inside of them that's causing them, one, to react that way, two, what it is that we can do to help them in that. Thanks for that golf clap. What do I do if someone picks on me because I'm a bigger size for a medical problem? I'm going to tell you because I was picked on for that. And you know what you do? You just pray. And I'm not saying just pray once. You just keep praying and keep praying. And pray for that person. Because you don't know, maybe misery loves company. And maybe they're teasing you to make themselves feel better. But you hold your head up, okay? Hold on. Hold on. I want to add to that. So I super overweight my whole life um, and constantly picked on for it. And it, it caused me to believe that I wasn't worthy, believed I wasn't beautiful in any of that. So my, like, my heart for you is to know that you are beautiful, to know that you are a daughter of the Most High King, and he adores you. Don't let what anyone says dictate how you view yourself. Got it? Bianca? Um, so how about if someone, like, tells you, oh, you can't wear this or that because you're copying someone or, like, you're copying them? I've got bad news. Everyone is copying everyone. We all wear the same clothes. 47 of you in here have on pink sweatshirts. Anybody else? I don't know what to say. I think one of the things that's hardest about um, about being in middle school is that whole fashion and the whole, I mean, you're, there's so much that's changing. I mean, not to like go there and make it weird, but like your bodies are changing and like everything is changing. Your feelings are changing toward guys. Your feelings are changing towards your parents. Like there's a lot of things that are all changing. And um, 
and you're trying to kind of find out who you are in the midst of listening to the world and your friends and everybody else. And, and like fashion and style is one of those things that is the hardest to like grasp on like who you are and, and what how you pr- express yourself in that. Um, and I, I maybe we'll talk about some of that in small groups, but like honoring your body is one of the biggest things. So it doesn't matter what name is on your t-shirt or who made your jeans, but what matters is that you are presenting yourself in a way that's honorable to God who created you and um, in a way that's honorable to the people that you're interacting with. And that that's the most important. It's not easy at all, but it's the most important thing. Me? What what happened? What what do you do if pe- you keep on praying to God and praying to God, but people keep are being be- being mean to you? Some sometimes God doesn't change other people because He wants to change you. Um, and that's not an easy thing either. Um, I know that that's, especially if it's people in your classes, people you don't have a choice whether you're around them or not. Um, but I know God has put people in my life that sometimes they just drive me nuts. But he, he does that so that he can change my heart, like Megan was saying, to discern um, sometimes the brokenness in their lives um, and, and to just help me to understand more of who God is and how he loves. Sometimes he puts those people in our life so that he can really show us how to love. He loves everybody in the world. Like every single person, the mean person, the, the sad person, the happy, the joyful person. He loves every single one of them. And he puts people in our lives sometimes to show us that we can love them too, just like he does. The one thing that I wanted to add to that, too, is that you also need to learn how to love yourself. And when you fully love yourself, it really doesn't matter what other people are saying about you. And I think we've all said that you need to know what God says about you so that you can recognize lies when people are are saying those things to you, that you can recognize it as a lie and love on them and not let it detract from your love for yourself or for God. What if people always call you a twig, you're too skinny and everything? And I know I'm beautiful. Everyone tell me, a lot of people tell me that, tells me that, but sometimes it just brings me down. What do I do and how do I pray to God so he lets me build up my self-esteem? Okay, so I am not the most voluptuous girl in the world. And I have been told, and I appreciate you being brave enough to ask that question because I know it's hard. um, And I'm, and forgive me, but I am talking to the twigs in the room because it's hard to be you. Especially in a world, especially in a world um, where people look at magazines and then people look at you and then they're like, oh, do you even eat? When's the last time you had a cheeseburger? Uh, do you, uh, and those kind of questions. And it's tough. And, and just like the other side of the spectrum, 
people are doing it for the same reasons because they have an insecurity about themselves that they are projecting onto you. They see something that they want and they see that you have it, but it's hard for people to communicate their feelings so it comes off that way. I deal, I'm an adult woman. I know I look like I'm a middle schooler, but I am adult and I deal with this with my coworkers still. The first thing they come up to me, do you even eat? And I mean, I'm supposed to compose myself in those situations. Like, yes, I, I eat more than probably the next person eats. Um, so it's still, it's still the same um, ideas that it's coming from. But don't feel like you need to change yourself and be a different way just to appease somebody. I've been told that I'm a disgrace to my race because it's how skinny I am. Okay? So understand that people, guys, listen, and I'm not saying that to, uh, to get a reaction but I'm saying that for you to hear that you're beautiful the way you are. God made you on purpose exactly how you are. <laughs> so whether you're on one side and people are saying these things about how skinny you are, or you're on the other side and people saying things about how big you are, God has made you specifically how you are on purpose. God wove the in insides and the outsides, okay? And so don't let, I just don't want you to let other people um, come to you. I know I'm going for a long time, but this is, um, but um, I don't want you to let what other people have to say about you, regardless of what they say, because you could gain weight and guess what? They're going to have something else to say about you. So it's not about that. Okay. <laughs> All right, Lizzie. Well, what if, what, what if someone teases you for something that you can't control, like if your head's too big? <laughs> it's the same answer to the last question. Same thing, that God made you. He created you like that. And it's beautiful. I think we all have issues with ourselves and we need to learn how to love ourselves. I feel like a lot of us in this room don't love yourselves enough. And I feel like what you need to do is surround yourself with friends that are gonna lift you up, that are gonna have your back and rely on them and pray for them to help you get through the day. So if you have people that are bringing you down, separate yourself from them. I don't care how popular they are. Because it's not about being popular. It's not be about being the prettiest person. It's about loving yourself. Okay, so I know that's kind of like what y'all said, what I'm about to say. But what if, like, the opposite gender, like, they make fun of you and, like, how you look, like, your teeth, acne, and stuff like that. Like, how can you react to that and like not try to be offended as much. Okay, so you have to understand that just like we're changing or you guys are changing, I'm already changed. Um, just like you guys are changing, boys are changing. And boys are going through hormones and it's about, you know, like they like girls and they, you know, they might tease you because they like you. You know, that might be what it is. You know, and you just, again, surround yourself with people that are going to build you up and not bring you down. And I know it's hard to ignore 
that type of stuff, but just pray about it. Um, one thing I wanted to say, it's not really a question, but I wanted to tell everybody that um, when people leave you, that's part of God's plan, and that means that, he, like, when you when someone isn't your friend anymore, that's part of God's plan. That's because he's getting people out of the way because they're not part of his plan for what is in the future. <laughs> Rhonda. Do you want to get this girl in the middle in the hat? Her hands went up for a while. All the way in the back. Straight ahead. Um, I don't really have a question either. I've been bullied most of my life. I know what it's like to be called, you're ugly, nobody likes you, no one's ever going to like you. Just don't listen to them. Just know that God made you beautiful, and they, he made you the way you are right now. And it doesn't matter what they have to say. Just listen to the positive things that God always brings to you in your life. love what's happening in here tonight. We're going to stop the questions for a second, but feel free to grab any of the leaders, any of the people in these shirts out in the lobby. We're going to go out and celebrate.